Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Continuing the NFC West previews and wrapping things up with Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune talking all things Seattle Seahawks. We pop on out to the KDOS hotline now. Greg, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you today? I'm well. I'm cooler than you are. I can guarantee that. <laughs> Something tells me you're 100% accurate with that one. <laughs> the uh, the thermometer on my car read 98 heading into work this morning, so that wasn't fun. Uh, the sun probably wasn't even up yet. That is also true. Uh, let's get into some fun topics, though, here. Uh, it looks like this morning, rookie cornerback Devin Witherspoon was able to reach an uh, agreement with the Seattle Seahawks, so he'll be in attendance now to begin training camp here. Uh, so what do you see from him uh, getting into training camp now and obviously the expectations uh, for him in that kind of, I wouldn't say revamp secondary, but trying to improve that secondary? He'll be the starting left corner, Taylor, and you pick him fifth overall. He's not going to sit on the sideline. And he's got $21 million signing bonus, and it's the highest defensive back the Seahawks have drafted since Sean Springs a quarter century ago. So he's playing. They used him some in minicamp last month as inside a slot matchup corner against inside receivers. So they're kind of experimenting right now to see whether they want to play him all over the field, a shadow corner, or just stick him on the left side opposite Reek Woolen, the rookie Pro Bowl corner from last year. So there's some some of that is still to be determined. And if they do put him inside as a matchup corner or a guy that shadows, they could have three corners on the field. Michael Jackson was a starter last year. He's been starting with Woolen and Witherspoon being out these first two practice days of camp. So they like their depth that corner. They also like the depth of safety. And they added Julian Love, who was the captain for the Giants and played every position in New York secondary the first four years of his career out of Notre Dame. Signed him to a contract this year, this offseason. And they have Jamal Adams coming back, and I hope eventually coming back here soon, from the torn quadriceps he got in the opener last year against Denver. If Adams can get back on the field, then Love is going to play because he is very versatile. He could play back in the back with Pro Bowl safety Quandre Diggs, and that frees Adams up to be the more of the pass-rushing, freelancing, almost linebacker closer to the line of scrimmage that he was in 2020 when he had nine and a half sacks. So they think they're loaded in the secondary. It's the strength of the defense that otherwise was really bad up front trying to stop the run last year, and that's where most of the attention of Seattle is right now. So let me follow up on Adams. So, you know, there's concern there? There's some. Uh, he, he's still on the physically unable to perform list. It's a very tricky surgery and recovery. It's uh, a, a very extensive injury. He had a knee injury on top of the quad, uh, torn quad. So it, it is not, it's not a fait accompli that he's going to be back for the opening. They think he can be. Sooner he is, then the sooner they'll get in this three safety look. Probably the most three safeties at one time that Carroll P. Carroll has ever run here in Seattle. But the longer he takes to come back, the more they may be more traditional two safeties and love playing back with Diggs. But I want to emphasize love is more than just a insurance policy for if and when Adams finally gets back. And love's going to play, and they want him to play with Adams. It's just not a sure thing yet. I want to also talk about another player uh, starting on the pup list and part of that defensive uh 
I guess, revampness, if you will. Jordan Brooks, though, uh, what kind of how does things stand with him coming off of another significant injury from last season? Well, right, Taylor, he had a torn ACL, and it didn't happen until New Year's Day, the next to last regular season game against the New York Jets. So he's only six plus months out, not even seven months out mm-hmm. from a torn ACL. I would expect he begin the season on the pup list, which would be four games minimum he'd have to miss. Only players who can who was, were on the pup list to begin training camp are eligible to be on the pup list to start the regular season. So that puts Brooks in play for that to be roster exempt and miss four games on the pup list to start the year. His injury more extensive and just came later, uh, three months later than Adams's injury. So they signed Devin Bush from Pittsburgh inside linebacker who himself had an ACL injury and recovery after his rookie year, a splashy rookie year with Pittsburgh a few years ago. He's a 10th overall pick out of Michigan and then really never replicated what he did his rookie year after that ACL injury. Steelers, he's now back with Bobby Wagner as the two inside linebackers right now. But if they are going to go with these extra defensive backs, three safeties if Adams gets back, or if Witherspoon does play matchup inside and they go three corners, that's going to take one of those linebackers off the field and Bobby Wagner's not sitting on any bench. So Devin Bush, we talk about insurance policy, signing him from Pittsburgh was a hedge on whether Jordan Brooks gets back and whether they go with an extra defensive back is pretty much their base defense, which I expect them to do. Okay, so you mentioned Wagner's back. They also added uh, Draymond Jones, uh, the defensive lineman. How much if those? How much are they expecting those two guys to step up and improve their defense, which was 25th in points allowed and uh, you know 26th in yards allowed last season? Well, they were and they were 30th against the run, Bob, and that was really the biggest weakness yeah. of this defense. Teams controlled time of possession, field possession. San Francisco, that nobody, the Seahawks are not going to get anywhere towards their goal of getting into the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. And they won't get home playoff games unless they can beat San Francisco. And they're not going to beat San Francisco unless they're stronger at the line of scrimmage. Draymond Jones is a big splash signing for Seattle. They're not usually in the first, second day of free agency like they were on Jones. $51 million for a guy that can play tackle and end as Denver. Very productive pressure rate and stack guy as a defensive end in the 3-4 in Denver last two seasons. $51 million is a lot for Seattle to invest in free agency. They don't do it very often. And so they're going to play him every down. They need him to be a hand Jones to be a hand on the ground, not just a pass rusher, but a run stopper as well. Last year they had Chen and Wilson with the nine and a half sacks and Bruce Irvin on the opposite side with Daryl Taylor, and they were just straight up the field pass rushers who often ran out of running lanes and didn't even need to be blocked for teams to run effectively. The Seahawks also re-signed Jaron Reed, signed him back after he left and went to the Chiefs and Packers for a couple seasons. And Reed's going to play more of a nose than he's played the past. He was a 4-3 defensive tackle for them his first go-around. Pete Carroll said on the first day of training camp, no, he's our nose tackle now. The Seahawks let Al Woods go at age 35, their captain from last year. He's now with the New York Jets. Woods and Brian Monet were their nose tackles last year, and both they were not as effective and they weren't on the field a lot. Monet ended up getting hurt in December and has a – that ACL injury that he's not coming back from anytime soon. He's, he's on the pup list as well. They drafted Mike Morris out of Michigan, more of an edge rusher and defensive end. Cam Young from Mississippi State is a nose tackle that they're going to try as well behind Jaron Reed. 
they are trying all kinds of new people up front because they have to, because the people they had last year were not good enough. Bobby Wagner in run defense has always been good, but it's been good when he's had defensive linemen in front of him to take blockers off from. In the 3-4 last year, the front line did not do that job at all. The linebackers got blocked. Run fits were terrible. 30th in the league in rushing, 150-plus yards per game allowed rushing. They got to fix that or they're not going anywhere this year. He is Greg Bell, Tacoma News Tribune right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. I want to flip this here to Geno Smith. Uh, He got himself the contract after his improved play last season. Uh, Is there still room for his game to grow, and have the expectations at all changed for Geno Smith? Well, people are going to look at his statistics this year, Kayla, and I would be very surprised if he throws for 4,100 yards and 35 touchdowns again and leads the league at 69-plus completion percentage. I mean, those numbers were off the charts for him last year. Nothing in his previous 10 years in the league suggested he would do that. I mean, heck, he hadn't played in seven years. So his numbers may not be as good, yet he could still have as good or better of a season. He's got a better offensive line, younger, better offensive line, He's got now Jackson Smith and Jigba as a first-round draft pick, as a third wide receiver that they've been looking for for years to go with Lockett and Metcalf. Well, now they got one, and they've got Kenneth Walker coming back as a 1,000-yard rusher off his rookie season last year. They drafted two more running backs to augment him. Zach Charbonneau from UCLA in the second round is going to get a lot of opportunities in this backfield because they don't want Walker to be a 20-carry, 20-touch guy every week. You know, history in the league shows that that guy will get hurt and you'll lose him. So more weapons for Smith. The, the, the play caller Shane Walter knows him better. The offensive line is younger and better. He could have a better overall season without his numbers being as good. And he's got the security and now the contract. This time last year, it was, is it going to be him or is it going to be Drew Locke? And they were back and forth on who Seattle was going to commit to early in training camp. While he won the job without much competition, it was no sure thing this time last year. Well, it's a sure thing now. And this is the first time since his first, second year with the New York Jets, as I'm talking 2012 and 13, that he's had the job going into a season. And that, for anything else that's changed for him, that is the biggest change. And so you're going to see a more content Geno Smith, who is he, he knows that he's the guy, and the rest of the team around him knows that too. Okay, you mentioned Smith and Jigba and uh, Charbonneau. Um, this is going to sound like a fantasy question. It's kind of not, but it kind of is. And it's, I'm just curious, football-wise and fantasy-wise, how much uh, Smith and Jigba, you, yeah, Metcalf and Lockett, how much is he going to be involved? And uh, Charbonneau, does he you know, take uh, carries away from Kenneth Walker? Uh, yes, he will. Charbonneau is because they intended to. They don't want, as I said, Walker to carry the ball 20-plus times. He won't last, and running backs in the league just don't do. They, they can't. Charbonnet is very good in the pass game as well, and that's another place that he spell Walker on third downs and passing situations. Smith and Jigba is going to be their third slot receiver so much that they will probably go three wide receivers far more than they did last year. The Seahawks were the most multiple tight end team in the league last year with Noah Fant and Will Disley and Colby Parkinson. No team played more two and three tight ends in the Seahawks. Some of that was because they didn't trust who their third wide receiver was. D. Eskridge they drafted as their top pick a few years ago has yet to stay on the field. He's fast, but he can't stay healthy. 
And they finally said, okay, we're going to take Smith and Jigba and plug him in as that third receiver. And he's going to have the job from day one. Uh, I expect them to be in far more three wide receivers. I mean, back to what the, most of the rest of the league does and what they've been in recent years. And he will take targets away from tar- from Metcalf and Lockett. Metcalf and Lockett's numbers could go down in maybe sub-thousand-yard receiving years with Smith and Jigba getting four or 500 for those yards, and they will be a much tougher team to defend. Uh, teams are going to, I think, are going to have to pick. Are we going to single-cover Smith and Jigba and send all our attention on Lockett Lock and Metcalf, as most teams will and most teams have for years? You could do that last year and just have tight ends to worry about. Now if you do that this year, you have a really smooth route runner who's also vertical. Speed is, is better than advertised. Smith and Jigba is going to get a lot of opportunities to make plays because defenses are going to be all over Lockett and Metcalf on third downs. When you look at this Seattle Seahawks team here, and you know we're not really talking about a whole lot of position battles. The foundation really seems to be in place right now. Uh, have they closed the gap on the 49ers at all in the division? Well, Kayla, we won't find that out probably until Thanksgiving night, the first time the 49ers and Seahawks play. And then they play again 16 days later down in Santa Clara. So we will be well into the season before they actually can have a chance to prove that. They were physically manhandled in the three games, including the playoff game against the 49ers last year. 150, 170, 180 yards rushing for the Niners in those games. Uh, They couldn't run or stop the run. Seattle couldn't in those matchups. So until I see it, until I see Seattle run and stop the run, stop McCaffrey and stop what Kyle Shanahan wants to do with his varied run games, why to Theo Samuel, until I see that, the answer is no. And I don't think they did enough in the front seven, specifically the defensive line. I think they're still thin in nose tackle. Jaron Reed being the new nose tackle is a new experiment for him in his career, his eighth year. I don't think they've done enough up front to get that much more physical and stout stopping the run. I mean, Tampa Bay, I still remember the Munich game. I was over in Germany, sitting in the outside press box, seven rows up the field, watching Tom Brady check out of almost every pass play to run in the first half of that game. Tampa Bay, no team ran it less for fewer yards than Tampa Bay going into that game in November. And they had 30-some rushes for 150-plus yards in the first quarter, first quarter and a half, and were up 21-3 because Seattle was just so light stopping the run. That has to change. San Francisco's the team that will definitely show whether that's changed or not. On paper, I don't think it has. Okay, last one for me. Uh, the consensus win total for the Seahawks is eight and a half, um, which is you know far higher than last year. When I think it was five or five and a half. So over or under eight and a half wins in twenty twenty three. Well, I can guarantee you they're not going to have eight and a half wins, Bob. I can certainly tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think this team could be a ten, maybe even eleven win team. But again, if they don't beat San Francisco, they're going to be a wild card. And if they're a wild card, they're on the road in the playoffs, and their history says they're not going to go anywhere when they do that. So they, while they could be a better team, they still may not be good enough to beat San Francisco and win the division. Their schedule is, is tricky. Um, they, do have, they don't have the massive East Coast road trips that they've had in the past. They aren't traveling all over the world. They still have traveling more than anybody, but that's because where we are up here in South Alaska. But they... <laughs> The, San Francisco, the, the NFC West certainly has changed, as you know, and it's not the best division in the league. It's not uh, everyone beating each other up anymore. If they're as good as they seem to be and want to be, they should be able to win, sorry to say, four games between Arizona and the Rams. 
And if they do, then he can get to 10 or 11 wins. Uh, I certainly think Geno Smith and where he is in his career and certainly what they've given him with the new contract and the stability, uh, it, the, the tenor and everything else on the offense with Geno Smith certainly different. Uh, the defense will decide whether they get much more above nine wins. But if you're asking me what I bet my money on the over, the answer is yes. Greg, this is always fantastic information and conversation with you. Look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks, Kayla. Thanks, Bob. Enjoy 100-plus. I hope it gets better for you down there. <laughs> Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll be rubbing it in when it's December. Oh, you, 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 you're darn right it will. <laughs> Bring it sideways up here. I hear you. Thanks so much. Have yourself a good weekend. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Once again, he is Greg Bell of the Tacoma News Tribune.